Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. I'm Bharati Jagdish. Now, the last time Chinese leader Xi Jinping and Russian President Vladimir Putin met, they declared the arrival of a new era in international relations. At the time, amid a Western diplomatic boycott of the Beijing Winter Olympics and a looming crisis in Ukraine, they shared their vision for a new world order that would better accommodate their nation's interests and, of course, no longer be dominated by the West. At the time, they issued a 5,000 word joint statement and in it they declared a friendship with no limits expressed their shared grievances towards the u.s and its allies as well now more than 200 days later mr c and mr putin are to meet again this time at a regional summit in the city of samarkand in southeastern uzbekistan well much has changed but not necessarily in ways that anyone could have predicted much less the two of them the 22nd meeting of the council of heads of state of the shanghai cooperation organization is being held today and likely to be overshadowed by the C-Putin meeting. Geopolitical observers will be paying close attention to what will take place in the country in the next two days. So really, what's at stake? What are the optics? And what's in it for the key players? Well, my co-host, Timothy Goh, whom I've told you, is on a pleasure trip in Uzbekistan, now joins us to tell us more. Mr. Timothy Goh, how are you doing? Hello. Hello, everyone. Yes, I am doing good and paying attention, paying very close attention to what's happening in Samarkand. I am not physically in Samarkand, but I'm not so far away. Mm, how far uh, away are you exactly, Tim? I can, I'm about a 40-minute plane ride, really, from Samarkand, <laughs> okay. so I could have All been right. there. And to be honest, I only knew about this uh, Shanghai Cooperation Agreement uh, sometime earlier last week when there was news reports urging uh, Uzbeks not to go to Samarkand this mm. week. Right, right, because of all because the security. security. Yeah, security mm-hmm. considerations, right, for sure. So they are restricting travel into the city. But we know that there's yeah. a whole group, a whole gang of media from around the world there paying attention to what's going to happen between Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin. But aren't they just overshadowing the whole summit? I mean, tell us more about the Shanghai Cooperation Organization. Who are these countries and why are they meeting? You know what? The build-up to this uh, Shanghai Cooperation Organization summit here is that, exactly, you know, Putin and Xi hijacking the entire conference because of what's happening around the world. Mm. Uh, But the Shanghai Cooperation uh, Organization is really a trade, sort of a trade grouping uh, among countries of Central Asia. There are eight permanent members of this, China, India, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Russia, Pakistan, Tajikistan, and Uzbekistan, who is the host this year. Their dialogue partners, though, are very interesting as well. Iran, Turkey, Afghanistan, Belarus, Saudi Arabia, among others. Mm. What's important as well is, this is going to be funny, the United States applied to be a, uh, an observer of the SEO back in 2005, but it was rejected. If you think about it, it's like the unpopular you know, people in the school group having a party and the most popular person not being invited. Exactly. It sounds like a revenge meeting, a revenge summit, doesn't it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I forget about revenge travel. We've got revenge summits going on now. So that is the perception that a lot of analysts are saying they have that we can actually, if you want to put it in simple terms, classify this as an anti-U.S. summit. 
Uh, yeah, it, it depends on who is telling the story. Mm. In the West, they are angling it in such a way that it is an anti-West meeting happening here. Uh, because if you look at the member countries, except for India, all these member countries are not practicing Western-style democracy. Mm. Or an authoritarian government, if you want to put it that way. Uh, Turkey, for example, is highlighting that Turkey's president is here because it wants to forge an even stronger alliance with Russia and Iran and China. Uh, Turkish president reportedly wanting to form this authoritarian regime alliance with his friends here uh, in, in Uzbekistan. Russia is, of course, trying to set up an ideological tone. Uh, it wants to turn this into an anti-Western summit, an anti-American political grouping. A picture with Putin will probably be interpreted as a country supporting his war in Ukraine. Uh, a lot of uh, talk already for the last two weeks about how Putin and Xi are meeting here face to face for the first time. And I expect Putin will make this look like uh, that Beijing is supporting him in the war against uh, in Ukraine hmm. and also making a big deal about how, you know, President Xi's first meeting with the head of uh, government is with Russia, with Russia's president and not with anyone else. So it is interesting how this will play out because Uzbekistan is very insistent on this is not an ideological summit. This is not an anti-West summit. We are not an anti-West bloc and that this is about uh, trade mm. and, and how the region can trade together and come together despite their different political ideologies. Are any of those goals really going to be achieved, though, considering how each country has a vested interest that seems to have nothing? to do with Uzbekistan and trade. Interesting that you put that out because a couple of days ago, the Uzbek president, uh, Shavkat Mirziyosev, uh, actually put out an article to say that this is um, uh, a gathering of countries and they can gather and be united even though they have different foreign policy priorities. So he's kind of putting it out there that he wants to be in a neutral position, that this country is going to be in a neutral position, and then they can still forge ahead with whatever economic goals they have or whatever else they want to talk about and what happens between bilateral summits between the power brokers, the presidents of all these different countries. It's really up to them. But Uzbekistan said that in the final Samarkand Declaration, which will probably be uh, released later on today or sometime tomorrow, uh, there will be no talk of uh, anti-West bloc or an anti-American summit in their uh, final declaration here. Mm, let's hope that narrative actually <laughs> finds reality at some stage. Yeah? Uh, the thing is, China's leader, uh, Xi Jinping, and Russia's Vladimir Putin are expected to discuss the war in Ukraine, and they say other international and regional topics. The last time they met, they actually talked about having a limitless friendship and all sorts of other things that actually made them mm-hmm. seem very anti-U.S., Considering what's happening now, sanctions on Russia and, of course, the alliance that we're seeing between Russia and China and what you said earlier, Tim, Vladimir Putin looking for support for the war in Ukraine. What exactly can we expect to come out of this meeting, their meeting in particular? I think that's exactly what we're going to see, that uh, it's going to, to look like China is going to support 
President Putin's war even more. Uh, if you think about it, just yesterday, the Americans were contemplating on whether or not they should impose sanctions on China because of Taiwan. Yeah. And whatever comes out of that, it will really look like you have three of the most sanctioned countries here. And what they can talk about uh, will be very important because Iran is also here. It's one of those sanctioned countries that Russia has been reaching out to as well, if you recall, uh, trying to buy their drones for use in the war. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it depends on how they do their cost-benefit analysis, the three countries, sanctions (laughs) versus unity among those who are already sanctioned. Okay, I want to bring Mm -hmm. this back to Uzbekistan because I think it's important that at least some of us acknowledge that this isn't what the summit is designed for. It's not about China and Russia per se. It is about Uzbekistan and all of these countries coming together. It's a major international event. It's about business and bilateral economic relationships as well. So considering it is Uzbekistan's biggest major international event, yet... What's the mood like on the ground? And is there confidence that some of those original goals will be met? Okay. Well, uh, in Samarkand, as I mentioned earlier, people, Uzbeks are being asked to stay away from Samarkand for the next two days because of higher security uh, in and around the city. And tourists, in fact, it is peak tourist season right now. So tourists are also being diverted for the next two days. Let's go somewhere else. Come here to where I am in Kiva and then go back to Samarkand when everything is over. Okay. Um, Sounds like a plan. (laughs) As you can imagine, you know, this part of the world is very, they they put out the best for all their guests. Mm. It's just the way it is, and which is why I like this place so much. So. For this particular Shanghai Cooperation Organization uh, meeting, a mini city was built in Samarkand, just outside of the historic area, about 15-minute drive, I believe. It's a new little mini city with a new convention center, which is where all the conferences will be held. Eight new hotels, eight new high-rise hotels, 1,500 rooms, I was told, mm. just to have the delegates of of uh, this this summit happening this week. So that's pretty much what's happening over there in Samarkand. And as you pointed out, Samarkand, Uzbekistan, the president pointed this out, in fact, in his articles, and is trying to underscore the importance of Uzbekistan and Samarkand as the crossroads of the ancient Silk Road, where merchants from China, the Middle East, Central Asia, and Europe were here to trade not just silk and gold, but to also exchange innovative ideas. And this is what he is trying to build up here, that this is a melting pot of ideas, of knowledge, interconnectivity, friendly neighbors, and all of that is what uh, Uzbekistan's real goal is really here, and to showcase how much, uh, I think, how much the country has developed from being a breakaway republic of the former USSR to now really a developing country with a developing economy, and that they're open to international business, no matter you are from the West or from the East or whose side you're taking. Right. Here's hoping that the Shanghai Cooperation Organization Summit is as productive for Uzbekistan as it might be for Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin. That mini city sounds spectacular, by the way, Tim. Uh, Do you have plans to make your way there after the summit? It will still be up, right? Yes. Yes, I will, because it is called the Samarkand Tourist Center. Ah, and okay. it, apart, from, apart from the hotel and the convention center, there will also be a showcase of history and 
trade and everything else. It's really built as a place for tourists or travelers to go see. Mm. I think they should pay you something, Tim. You've done a great job of, I think, selling at least me on a trip (laughs) to Uzbekistan. Thank you so much for that update. We'll catch up with you soon again, Tim. You take care. All right. See you later. See you later. Of course, Timothy Go, Prime Times, Timothy Go, who happens to be in Uzbekistan. And uh, following that summit that is due to take place in Samarkand, the Shanghai Cooperation Organization Summit. He's not in Samarkand, but he's nearby. He's closer to it than any of the rest of us are anyway. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.